0: like a big basket of easter eggs this morning <laughs> it's so good to look around and see the family of faith and the people of god do you, listen do you know what jesus said listen we're here to celebrate a resurrected savior somebody say amen but do you know he said where two or three come together in my name there are in my in the midst of you how many know that jesus is present with us as well what a beautiful morning it is to wake up and to know that jesus is alive amen First thing that hit my mind, I woke up and the first thing the Spirit told me, He lives. Amen. I said, Oh, He lives, He lives. Oh, I tell you what, what an awesome day it is to celebrate it. This is still, uh, I'm gonna say the first Sunday in Christendom is Resurrection Sunday. So just think how we got started. Resurrection Sunday, the first Sunday in Christendom is Jesus is alive. Got about the grave. Somebody say hallelujah and what a marvelous thing that is today we celebrate that and i pray that you've come to celebrate it with us we have an awesome day planned we've just we're just getting started we uh, we, we'll hear the word of the lord and then we'll eat here and then we'll go we're going to go to the park and eat again somebody say hallelujah so you're going to eat spiritually you're going to eat naturally we're going to have an awesome day. We pray that uh, you have taken the time to come out and join us this evening. We've, re- we've reserved uh, uh, Clayton Chandler Park in Mansfield, Texas. We're going to be cooking out and kids are going to have an awesome time. We've got a lot of giveaways, a lot of stuff to get. Kids are going to say, mom and dad, that was, a- that was so much fun. They're going to have a blast celebrating Jesus. We're going to have a good time today. I know that you are here because you believe that Jesus is alive. I mean, we... Let, let, let's not play possum in the house of God. We believe that Jesus is alive, right? We're here to celebrate that. And the Spirit of the Lord sent me today with the powerful message in our series, Inspired. And we are in a, in a beautiful series on the Holy Spirit. How many know that our Christian life should be a life of inspiration, right? Christian life is not drudgery, right? Look at your neighbor and say, quit frowning. It ain't that bad. Right? That we shouldn't be frowning in our Christian life. We should be living a life of rest, life of ability, a life of power. And that's the Christian life we should be living. And if you're not living that, if you're telling me that you really have to get out of bed to go to church, well, you need inspiration then. If you're telling me you need all the strength to get into your Bible, I'm going to say you need the Holy Spirit because the Spirit will inspire that right and so we know that the work of the kingdom is believing and there's work to do but the spirit of god does that he inspires that and so we're going to get into a message today entitled the first sunday this is the i want to say the third message in the series called inspired so i'm going to ask you to stand to your feet and just as it is during christmas how many know that when you go to you go to church on you know around christmas time you read the christmas story and so today we're going to read the resurrection story so can i suggest to you before we get into uh some some pages in fact if you have your bible and i pray you do go to saint john chapter 20 this is the first sunday right this is resurrection sunday and that's what we've come to talk about and so i'm going to read to you as we went on christmas we read the christmas story uh, out out of the gospels i'm going to read to you out of the gospels right the resurrection story so brothers and sisters i want you to remember this there are only two Sundays that the church celebrates. there's only two Sundays, and one Sunday is called Resurrection Sunday. The second Sunday is called Pentecost Sunday. It's only two Sundays that we celebrate: Resurrection Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. And so we're going to talk about the first Sunday in Christendom, and it's found there in St. John chapter 20. Now I'm going to read the whole chapter. Can you believe that? Preacher man going to read the whole chapter <laughs> And so I I want you to bear with me because I just want you to see how marvelous this is, right? And so I I know you've heard me say that when speaking of the Spirit of God, how many the Spirit know the Spirit of God precedes everything? And, and, And when you understand the Holy Ghost, you know He's first above all things, right? If you want to see God's ability, the Holy Ghost shows up. Right? If you want the Word to manifest, the Holy Ghost shows up. If you want to see the kingdom move forward, the Holy Ghost shows up. If you want to go forward, the Holy Ghost has got to show up, right? And so he's first. We know that from the book of Genesis. He's the first two verses of the Bible in Genesis. He's all of that, right? And so I just want you to see, uh, and I know this is a little odd in, in, you know, when, you, when you talk to Gentiles because our days don't work like that. How many of you know that you know, we got weird days like Thor's Day? Th- Thursday. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Th- this is our calendar. Come on, y'all. We're Americans, right? Let- and, then we, and then we got Friah's Day. These are all like pagan gods. How many know these things, right? How many know that it's Saturn's day? And then it's Moon's day. Thank you, Richard. How many know that Sunday is called Moon's day? But I want you to see in the Bible, Sunday is called the first day. And that's what I love about the Hebrew calendar. They, don't, they got day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, Sabbath. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, you know, Sabbath, right? So it's Sabbath and then all the rest of the days of weeks are numbered. So Sunday is the first day of the week. And guess who shows up on the first day? The Holy Ghost. He's always first. Come on, somebody. And I just want you to see that because if you get it, then you'll start understanding how God works, right? The Spirit of the Lord always moves on the first. He's always the first, right? It's a principle in the Holy Ghost. So if you're in in St. John chapter 20, you're in the right place. And I want to read this to you. And you'll see how this is the first day of Christianity. And I say it's the first day of Christianity. It's the first day somebody's actually saved. Right? So the gospel is ready to be heard. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's amazing. I mean, I'm just just trying to help you understand the day, right? This is the first day uh, of Christianity. It's the first day of the week. So if you're there, this is St. John chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. It says this. The first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, to see the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken the Lord out of the they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. And Peter therefore went forth and the other disciple and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, that's John and came first to the sepulchre and he stooping down and looking in saw the linen clothes lying yet went he not in then cometh simon peter following him and went into the sepulchre and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place by itself Somebody say it was folded nicely. <laughs> I love this stuff. It says, then, then, when also the other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, watch this. And he saw, are y'all there? And believed. It's the first recorded salvation in the Bible. Did y'all, did y'all see that? Uh, how marvelous! It says, then the disciples went away again into their own homes. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre. And what did she see? The Ark of the Covenant. Watch watch the symbolism here. And seeing two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had been laid. Hello, mercy seat. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? And she saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing, and knew not it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she, supposing him to be a gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus saying unto her, check it out, Mary. (laughs) She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. And Jesus said unto her, this is important, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and to your Father, and to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at the evening being the first day of the week when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them peace be unto you. And when he had said so he showed them his hands and his side then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord, then said Jesus to them, peace be unto you as the father has sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, this is the first day, baby. <laughs> this, this is how it got started. This is Christianity, right? at its birth in its infancy look what he says and he breathed on them and said unto them receive ye the holy ghost whosoever sins ye remit they are remitted unto them but whosoever sins ye retain they are retained but thomas one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when jesus came and the other disciples therefore said unto him we have seen the lord but he said unto them except i shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into a side, I shall not believe. And after eight days, again his disciples were within, and Thomas was with them. Watch this. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Again, peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Rich hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and rich hither thy hand, and thrust it in my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Now here we go, Harvest Point Church 2023. Blessed are they that have not seen, (laughs) yet have believed. Come on, somebody. He's talking about me right there, baby. That's me. He says, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but it's important you catch this. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing ye might have life through his name. Ah, That is that is smart. That's like honey on my, in my mouth that's, that's honeycomb right there baby well y'all help me to pray I know we got a lot going on but we just look I'm, uh, everybody look at your clock right now everybody just kind of quickly look so the preacher man so you'll know where he's at right so it's 11 15 you're going to be walking out of here at 12 o'clock somebody said <whistles> so so For the next 45 minutes, will you give me, give God, give the Spirit of God your undivided attention? Because you're here for a purpose. This is not coincidental. This is not serendipity. You are here because God wants to speak to you, right? The Spirit of God wants to minister to you. So I pray you open up your heart today. Will you do that? Let's pray together. Holy Spirit, we yield ourselves. We give ourselves completely. And even though this day is filled with all the glory and all the, all the graces and all the abilities of God and that we celebrate the resurrection, we know that apart from all of those wonderful things, I am here today, Father, that you might speak to me, directly to me. Yes. Holy Spirit, deposit in me a word. Give me something that when I leave here today, I won't be the same person as when I came in. Change me, move me, stir me create create in me that beautiful image of christ that you so desperately want to form in me and i pray holy spirit that you would have your way in this service and all that we have planned today though your hand is on it and your love is abounding in it i pray that we not miss this opportunity to hear the lord so holy spirit tune our ears help our hearts be pliable uh, l- l- let our attention be unwavering as we enter into the word of the Lord Holy Spirit I know you're going to help us as we attend to these things and we pray that in Jesus name Amen and Amen listen before you see it I want you to go find somebody find the most person that looks the happiest look around and say who's the happy? and I want you to tell them this is the first Sunday I want you to tell them this is the first Sunday say this is the first Sunday baby just go find somebody go find somebody this is the first Sunday, amen. Ooh, ooh. Love you, Shane. Love you, man. This is the first Sunday. While everybody's out moving around, It's so good to see so many guests and friends and faces in the house of the Lord. It's good to see Sister Connie Sanchez back there. Sister Connie, we love you. It's good to see you. Amen. It's such a blessing to see you and Nick. Oh, man, what what a blessing that is. And all the guests in the house of the Lord. So good to see everybody. Thank you for attending the house of the Lord, the things of God. What a beautiful day it is. We're going to have an awesome time today. I'm glad you're here. We're going we're to enjoy our fellowship one with another. It's good to see you. Brother, Sister Taylor, blessed to you. Love you. Amen. How awesome it is to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Give everybody a moment to come in. Look at that person sitting next to you. Say, this is the first Sunday, baby. This is it. There's only two Sundays we celebrate. Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday. There's only three feasts. Feast of Passover. The Feast of Pentecost. Come on, somebody. And the Feast of Booths. Come on. Sukkot. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. Where to start? This is like cutting a piece of pie. You don't know which, which slice you want. <laughs> I'll, I'll start here. St. John chapter 10. A marvelous passage of Scripture where Jesus gives evidence to his shepherdship. How many of you know we got a shepherd? Marvelous shepherd, beautiful shepherd. Jesus gives context to his shepherding by giving a verse. And I wanna share this verse with you, because I want you to see how complex his shepherding truly is. Jesus says this Therefore doth the Father love me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me. I lay it down of myself. That's right, that's right. Jesus says, I have, catch this, the power. Somebody say the power. Uh-huh. Give your neighbor a high five and say, we're talking about the power. Uh, I have the power to lay it down. And I have the power, watch this, to pick it right back up again. Oh. This commandment have I of my father. Oh, yeah. Now you think about that for a minute. Uh, this is a conversation that Paul would always say the kingdom of heaven. is not a matter of talk, but of power. Inspiration, the spirit of God, the dunamis of the kingdom. Jesus says, I have the power, watch this, to lay it down. Yeah. Now, 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 you might ask, well, why does Jesus need power to lay it down? I mean, anybody could give their life, at least so we suppose. But could I suggest to you, Jesus is not on death row. Look at your neighbor and say, Jesus ain't on death row. Where they're going to take him into a chamber and there euthanize him very, very peaceably. Uh, Jesus is not going to the electric chamber, right? Your electric chair. Uh, Jesus is not standing in the gallows waiting to be hung. Jesus is going to be crucified. Of all the deaths, most gruesome uh, crucifixion is that, and it typifies that in the cruelty of crucifixion, and that you're nailed, you're impaled to a stake. Uh, need I go into us understanding, we all know the story where Jesus was brutalized by the hands of evil men, who beat his face in so much of the Bible says that his face was so marred that his countenance could not be recognized. Where even the prophet Isaiah says he was despised and rejected a man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And the Bible says, and we, as it were, hid our faces from him. I mean, Jesus, you know, in the vanity of our faith, we always see Jesus crucified, but what do we do? We put a loincloth on him. Jesus was crucified naked. And was beating to an inch of his life, Where Josephus said, the, the, the skin on his back lay as ribbons. Yeah, oh, Lord. See, when Jesus says, I have the power to lay down my life, he's talking about something very specific. A death so cruel that you would have to have power to know you're about to lay down your life that way. Uh, you, you, you remember Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. The Bible says that when he went in, he took a few steps and fell on his face. The Bible says there the, the transaction of literally drinking the wrath of God. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody help me with that, man. That's, that's, that's tough to hear that but jesus had to drink the cup of the wrath of god in fact jesus said lord listen lord i'll die for you but do i have to drink this cup Is that is there any other way that i could do what you need me to do apart from drinking this cup uh, oh i think the church underestimates what it is to drink the wrath of god for the bible says it's a terrible thing to fall into the hands of a living god you see you need power to lay down your He says, no man takes it from me. I'm laying it down of myself. I'm giving it to you. I'm doing it for you. No man's going to take it. I'm giving you. I'm laying down as a shepherd would. I'm giving to you my life. Uh, we know it's true because the Bible says that, that, that when those people that actually nailed him there, uh, when the Sanhedrin, those, those religious elite who actually put him on the cross, uh, who, who stirred up the crowd to cry out, Barabbas, uh, them, right, they came by to ridicule him and, and mock him and say, well, if he really is who he says he is, well, just come down and prove it. And there the Bible says that Jesus said, Father, forgive them. But they know not what they do. That's why the apostle Paul, uh, Peter, excuse me, writes in the second, his first epistle, the second chapter, my memory serves me right. He writes there that there was no guile found in his mouth. Uh, you know how it is when people hurt you. <laughs> I'm going to put my hands in my pocket on that one. I'm going to walk backwards when I talk like that, you know, because I, I know how you do when people talk bad about you. We find out that there's a lot of guile in your mouth. You know, you know, you have a lot of rebuking to do. You have a lot of something to say when people step on your pretty little toes. You, you get mad and angry and indifferent with people. Although you claim to be mature in faith, you're the first one to get offended. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. <laughs> just, just nudge you out. You don't got to just look at him. Just, just. He's talking about you, man. He's talking about you. Preacher talking about you. You know how you do when you get angry. You you know how you do when you get hurt. And even more importantly, when you're getting hurt, when you don't deserve to be hurt. I mean, Jesus was made to be sin who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God through him. I I mean, it's marvelous to see Jesus on the cross, literally forgiving the people who nailed him there. See, I lay it down on myself. No one brought me here I come of myself. That's why the Father loves me, because I'm going to lay down my life for you. Thank you. See, see, we're here about that, but... But there's two parts to that equation. You, you know, we're, we're here because he laid it down. But, but, but more importantly, we're here because he got up. <laughs> you, you, you know, <laughs> I, I say this. Uh, Jesus on the cross. I want you to hear this. Watch. I want you to see the nature of God. Uh, so Jesus on the cross says, watch this. The last words that Jesus said, the Bible says, Jesus said this. He, 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 he lifted up his head. He said these words. And then he bowed his head. And the Bible says, and he gave up the ghost. This is what Jesus said. Watch. Catch this. It is finished. It is finished. He said, it's finished. Now, 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 what people don't know about God, and I always say this, and, and, and people look at me and say, Pastor, you lost your mind. you crazy. Let me tell you something about God. Uh, God will often, in sundry times, introduce himself. Uh, that's why I love Exodus 34, because God introduces himself. How many of know that's awesome when God will say, this is who I am? Yeah. Uh, in the 46th chapter of the book of Isaiah, the Bible says that God uh, speaks to Isaiah about himself, and he says this, Remember the former things of old, for I am Lord. I am Yahweh, saith the Lord, and there is none else. I am Yahweh, watching. Watch what He says, and there is none like Me. Now, watch what He says. Watch, watch what God says. God, God is saying, "There's nobody like Me." He could have said a lot of things about Himself that would differentiate Himself from all the other little G's. There's only one big G. There's a lot of little G's. This is what He says: declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, the thing's not yet done. So, literally, God is saying, I end something to get started. God always starts at the end. God God always ends it, and then He puts you in motion, and that's why you have dreams and visions about what God has already done. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Whenever I get a vision, I know I'm only seeing a vision of the thing that God has already completed. God finished. That's why the Bible says that God is seated on the throne. God doesn't have to get up to help you. He's, he's sitting down. Now, Jesus is at the right hand because he makes intercession for us, but God is done. Look at your name and say, God is done. Look at him and say, it is finished. Touch him back and say, what you tripping about? Listen to Jesus. Just to show you that God's about to get started. He says, it is finished. Now, now, think, 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 think. That, That all the handwriting of ordinances that were written against us, which were contrary to us. The Bible says Jesus took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. It's done. I became the law for you. I took your sin with me. People say, how could a man in the prime of his life die three hours on the cross? He had all your sin. Ah. Anybody ever have guilt in your life? Have you ever felt guilty about something? Right. I'm not saying you should. I'm not trying to give it room. I'm just saying, you know, when you imagine how if you've ever done somebody wrong and you felt guilty about it. Think about all the things that you've done and things that are in your past and all the sin in your life that sometimes cause you to be rugged, cause you to be weary. Can you imagine all the collective sin of all of the world, every person placed on one man? Can you imagine the devastation that causes to feel, to feel sin, who knew no sin, to understand that God would literally turn his back on his son? Jesus said, it's finished. It's finished. So now God can get started. Because a middle wall, a partition that was between us, that's gone. Uh, whatever hatred, whatever, whatever ambivalence was between you and God, that's eradicated. That's erased. That God took his son as a propitiation. He, he, he paid the price. Right? And God accepted. He said, I accept that as a price paid on your behalf. It's finished. Whatever you thought God was angry about, now he's not angry no more. Whatever you thought God couldn't forgive, guess what? He forgave it now. Whatever your problem was, it's erased, right? Whatever you thought you had before God, the Bible says God throws it into a sea of forgetfulness, never to recount it against you. It is done in his name. It, it It is finished. Whatever you think is keeping you from getting to God, that's finished. It's done. It's eradicated. It's finished. Jesus paid the price. Jesus said, it's finished. That's right. Amen. But that's only half the equation. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me show you how profound this is. So you know those disciples we talked about, right? They came running to the sepulchre. Uh, do, do you know that they're running uh, 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 not really... Being converted, they're, they're, they're not Christians. That shock you? At least not in the context that we see in this in the New Testament. They're, they're not believers. And even though they knew the personhood of Christ, how many know that the Bible says that in, in, in the 16th chapter of St. Matthew, the Bible says when Jesus came to the coast of Sister of he has his disciples saying, To whom do they say the Son of Man am? You remember this passage? They say, Well, they believe John the Baptist or Elias, one of the prophets, but who do you say that I am? Peter said, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. (laughs) But he's not a believer. You remember in St. Matthew chapter 17, right? This is the only time Jesus ever showed his divinity where the Bible says that at the transfiguration, the Bible says that Jesus shone like the sun. And his garments were as white as light. Peter, James, and John, they saw Jesus transfigured. Guess who showed up? Elijah and Moses came down and communed with the Lord. Right? You remember when Jesus comes uh, and and, and Peter says, Lord, I think we ought to build three temples here. One for you, one for Elias, one for Moses. Right? And then and then a cloud showed up. And a voice was heard saying, This is my beloved son. What do you say? Hear him. Uh, Peter saw Jesus as deity, and yet he wasn't a believer. They, they saw all of the miracles, they saw everything that Jesus did, everything was that, that, that Jesus purposed to do. He always brought Peter, James, and John, and they were still not believers. Because it wasn't the gospel. Y'all, y'all look at me like Pastor, you tripping. What you talking about? Where are you going with this? Well, l- l- let me give it to you. The word is naive. It's in your your mouth and it's in your heart. Paul says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Listen, just to know Jesus is not enough. You got to know that not only is he God's son, but he rose from the dead. That's what we're here about, that Jesus rose from the dead. You believe that? You believe Jesus rose from the dead? You, you, you believe that Jesus, who was embalmed, who was buried, uh, was dead and became alive? You, you, you believe that? I, I, I mean, I, I'm asking it not like rhetorically. I'm really trying to ask you a real, genuine, bona fide Christian question. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And do you believe that Jesus died and rose again on the third day? If you believe that, if you believe that, I've got good news for you. You have life. You have life. You catch your name and say, you have life. Touch the back, say, but that's it. Touch him back and say, you got life. But that's it. I'll prove it to you. I-, I-, I want you to see that when Jesus comes back to the disciples, we, we-, we see John, the beloved, looks into the sepulchre and-, and notices that Jesus is gone, but he also notices that his-, his burial clothes is laying neatly in place, just as though Jesus slipped out of it. Then he believes, believes that Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, uh, Peter doesn't necessarily share in that same conversion. Uh, The Bible says that when Mary Magdalene went back to tell the disciples what she saw, because she saw Jesus. Well, she's supposed to be the gardener. I thank God for Mary Magdalene. Somebody say, thank God for Mary Magdalene, right? She at least had enough knowledge and understanding to say, I'm going to go see if Jesus really does get up. I mean, wouldn't you have gone? I mean, you know, Jesus said that he was going to die, and on the third day, get up. You've been telling him that throughout all his ministry. I mean, suppose I would tell you this as a pastor. Suppose I told you, listen, when you go to my funeral, I'm going to get up out the casket. So suppose I told you that, that when you bury me, j- just wait around because, because in the service, I'm going to stand up and, and start preaching. You're going to say, what? Yeah, I'm going to stand up and start preaching. I'm telling you, you, you come to my funeral. You watch. You're going to see me get up. God God told me that I'm going to die, but then in my service, going to get up. How many will go just to see if I got up? You don't even know me. You don't even care about me. You, you just want to see if I get up. See, can you imagine that Jesus taught this to his disciples and not one of them showed up at the tomb? not one because what they didn't believe you would think somebody from a distance would have been just kind of observing somebody kind of hanging out in the bushes what you doing i'm just trying to see jesus not one person not one person jesus did miracles showed himself to be god produced marvelous miracles and healings took place and the hand of god was with them the disciples being there to to, to, as john said if i suppose that if we wrote down all of the miracles that jesus did i suppose that all of the volumes of the book could not contain every single miracle and not one of the disciples showed up to see if jesus would get up from the grave mary magdalene's going because she wants to tend for his body she doesn't want jesus to stink I say there's a lot of Mary Magdalene's in the church. They're just coming to see. They're not coming to participate in the resurrection. Right. But it's Jesus who says, Mary, and she realized who it is. She said, L- Don't touch me. I- I've still not been up to my father. Jesus is in the glorified body. He said, Listen, this belongs to the Father. Uh, this glorification is, is something unique, something that you're going to possess too. Somebody say, Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you, this same body that goes down to the grave is coming up just the same body, but glorified. Somebody say hallelujah. I have victory in Jesus long past this day, right? So I want you to see, watch, now catch this. I want you to see that, that, that here the disciples. None of them believe that Jesus rose. And in fact, the Bible says that when Mary Magdalene went back to say they saw Jesus, they said she was as one speaking idle tales. Mary, you lost your mind. You, you've been sniffing too much of that embalming fluid. You... <laughs> You crazy? Jesus, Jesus is not alive. The <laughs> Bible says that while the door is still yet being shut, yeah. the, the door is closed. Right? It's, it's locked. Let me do it again for you because y'all don't understand what you said. Oh while, while the door still yet being shut, the disciples inside that room for fear of the Jew, Jesus. Yeah. 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 You, you can imagine how terrified they must have been. What did you Peace. Peace be unto you. Come, come, touch my hands. Yeah, I know you've been wanting to see this right here. Look at my feet. The Bible says they believed. Yeah. It's 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 Sunday. It's the first day of Christianity. They believed. Then Jesus did this. This is why the Spirit of God sent me here today. Because my fear is that in the culture, in the world, uh, the act of resurrection, uh, actually, could I say, the why of resurrection is lost in pageantry, it's lost in your Easter basket. And in the Easter eggs. It's lost in our pastel colors. And and in all the stuff in the programs of the church. And it's happening all over the United States where we're about everything but the why of resurrection. I I, I want you to possess why was the resurrection necessary? Why did it happen? And what did Jesus say? I, I, I fear that if Apostle Paul would come by and See us picking up eggs. We might get rebuked. Because I don't celebrate Easter. I celebrate the resurrection. Yeah, don't, 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 get don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Don't get mad at me. Don't be trying to give me elo-ho. You Can't do it. You can't do it. I'm, I'm anointed. I'm gifted of God. I'm a child of the Lord. Look at you and say, don't give him aloho now. He's telling you the truth. You, you, you understand that we can come here and say we celebrate the resurrection, but we don't know the why of it. So can I give you the why? It's real easy. i gonna give you the why. See, that first Adam was a living soul. You see, understand in the beginning, right, when God made you, When you were in the garden, when you walked with God, when we had presence with God, when all we had to do was say God, and he said what? Right, right, when he was present with us, right? The Bible says that in the beginning, it was God scooping up dust, and it's God breathing in his spirit, the Ruach, the Holy Ghost, into man, and man became what? A living soul. I don't got to go through all the story. We know we fail. And, 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 and so Jesus is coming back to do what God had did in the beginning. To breathe again. You, you, you know, if you go back and study that phrase, where he breathed on them, it's actually, uh, the, the Hebrew says it's like a, a, a musician who breathes into an instrument. You know, like let's say a flute, like, You breathe into it, right? Jesus breathed into them. And he gave them a command, not a suggestion. How many of you know today that Jesus doesn't give suggestions? He doesn't say, well, I think you should do this. (laughs) He he doesn't talk like that. He says, do this. He says, Do unto others. <laughs> oh, God, I can't get into that message. He said, He breathed on me and said this Receive ye the Holy Ghost. you have life and I'm glad you've been converted and I'm glad you believed and I'm glad you've got all your theology and, and all the purpose of theology. I'm glad you understand God. You've got all your spiritual T's crossed and all your spiritual eyes dotted but do you have the Holy Ghost? Now, now brothers and sisters I'm here to tell you that if you God saved. It's the Spirit of God who leads you in salvation. Long before you confessed Jesus, it was the Spirit of God already working in your life. How many can look back and say, you know, before I even came to church, the Spirit of God was already talking to me, already serving me. Something was happening to me. I don't know what it was, but I just began to think like I needed to get closer to God and that I was far away from the Lord. And I started thinking about this and thinking about that. That's the Holy Ghost. He's always the first in salvation. He's always the one stirring and motivating you into spiritual things. And he's the one that brought you into that life. He inspired your faith. It's what we call life. And I'm glad I have life. I'm glad you have it too. But I'm here to tell you there's more to life than life itself. It's more to life. Now... It amazes me that some people, you, you, I, I'm going to say something here, don't, don't get mad at me. But, but you know, when, when, when I go to Whataburger, you say, yeah, I've said this before, I go to Whataburger, I step up to the counter, and inevitably the person always asks me, do you want to water-size your meal? My response is, look at me. What do you think I'm going to say? I'm going to water size that for you. In fact, I'm going to throw an apple pie. Now you talking. Now you talking. Because I I want the full meal deal. It, It amazes me how many of us, when we go buy a car, we want all the bells and the whistles. When's the last time you did this? Anybody knows what this is? Anybody know this? Is? Kids are saying, what, what, what is he doing? What is he doing with his hand? Mama, daddy, help me. What does that mean when you go like that? It means you're rolling down your window, baby. <laughs> I grew up when the only air conditioner was 455. Four windows down, 55 miles an hour. <laughs> we didn't have climate control, and you got your control. I got my control. Yes, a few days ago, my first lady was doing this and all that. She said, well, I want my side over here. You do what you want on your side. I want one on my side. I said, we done lost our last month. How's it going to be 72 here and 69 right there? We lost our last month. We buy houses, right? We buy houses for the future. You don't even have grandkids yet, and you're already putting out a playground over there somewhere on 20 acres that you buy, right? You, You want this big spread. We want the biggest houses, the nicest cars, the best of things. Everywhere we go, we go on vacation. You want to upgrade? Yes, I want to upgrade my vacation. Yeah. Put me down. What, what's the upgrade? This, this. I, I, well, I want it. We come to church and we do this. Oh, I don't. I don't want that. I just want to be saved. I just want. I want. I just want to be saved. That's all. I just want to go to heaven. I mean, am not here for anything else. You see, see, John. I just want to go to heaven. That's, that's all I'm here for. I just want a golden ticket like a little Charlie from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I want to skip, I got a golden ticket. See, I just want to get over to heaven. I don't want anything more than that, man. Preacher, don't stir me up into anything else. I just want to believe, and that should be enough. Look at your neighbor and say, you got the golden ticket. Let me help you. So, after John says, Look, all of these miracles, this is the mighty hand of God. The, the, look what everything God did. The Bible says that after Peter believed, he went fishing. Don't think so, read it for yourself. St. John chapter 21. Peter said, Hey, I go fishing. But you want to come? Yeah, let's go. They just saw Jesus get out of the grave. They just saw Jesus appear and show himself alive. The Bible says that Jesus came in and ate honeycomb and fish. They touched the nail prints of his hand. They saw his side. And what did they decide to do? Go fishing. Look at your name. and say, that's ridiculous, man. That, that's ridiculous. That they sell all of that. And they decided, let's just go fishing, come on. You remember when Jesus showed up? Have you any meat? We caught nothing. Throw your nets on the right side. Now, y'all ain't here. Jesus said, look, 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 look. You went all that way. You did all that stuff. You didn't catch nothing. You've never caught a fish unless I gave you direction. Cast your net on the right side. You see, the preacher comes and he tells you, listen, have you caught any meat? Do you feel any better? Are you inspired? Do you live a life with faith and enthusiasm? Are you walking out your faith? If not, throw your net on the right side. Are you bored in your Christianity? Is it a drudgery to serve the Lord? Are you trying to find a way to stir yourself up into the things of God? Throw your man on the right side. Look at your neighbor and say, you need inspiration. You need inspiration. You need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptism that you don't go into, a baptism that falls on you. Yeah. You say, Preacher, you lost your mind. Uh, let me help you. The pattern of salvation is always accompanied by the baptism of the Holy Ghost in the New Testament. Everyone that believed was encouraged to receive the Holy Spirit, it's the pattern. You can read it for yourself, Acts chapter 8. If you don't know these stories, how marvelous are these stories? Because the Bible says that Philip was preaching to the Samaritans. And he was telling them about Jesus, and they believed. And when they heard that they believed, the Bible says that the apostles went down, both Peter and John, to Samaria. For what reason? That they might lay their hands on them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit by evidence of prophecy and speaking in tongues, gifts of the Spirit of God. The Bible says they went down, they believed, they laid hands, they received. The Bible says the Holy Spirit fell on them. Anybody remember a man by the name of Cornelius? It's Acts chapter 10. This is the pattern of the Bible, right? Acts chapter 10. The Bible says it was a man, Cornelius. He was a, he was a, cent- he was a centurion, right? He was, he was known amongst all the Jews as a man who loved God. He wasn't a Jew, but he believed in God, believed in Yahweh. And he gave a lot of his money to Jews to build temples. And the Bible says that he had a dream, a vision about Peter. He says, call Peter. He knows what you just sent him. He's at Simon the Tanner's house. And and when he sent his manservants there, the Bible says the Spirit of God already told Peter that somebody's coming for him. The Bible says that when Peter went over there and he began to talk to him about what it is he needed to talk to him about as he began to preach. I, I, I I love this verse. Peter opens up his message by saying this. How that Jesus was filled with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went around doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. That's how he opens up the message. As he's preaching, watch this. The Bible says, and the Holy Spirit fell on them that believed. And they spake in tongues and prophesied. Do, do, do you know that Apostle Paul was traveling on his way to Ephesians? This is Acts 19, right? These are the patterns of the Bible. He's, he's in Ephesians, and he notices a group of disciples, believers. So he went over there, and you know what he asked them? Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Let me say it again. He asked them this question. Have ye received the Holy Spirit since you believed? See, you know our culture, because we don't understand the patterns of the Bible, we think that when we got saved, we got it all. Look at your neighbor and say, that's not the full meal deal. You can water size that if you want to. Now, now, you can leave here and say, oh, the preacher, he's talking out his neck, on the side of his neck. He don't know what he's talking about. You can walk out of here and leave out here the same way. But some of you just might be hungry for a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, just, just a quick show of hands. How many like French fries? Anybody here like French fries? Huh? So, so let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about French fries. Because I believe I have a little to say about <laughs> french fries I don't care what you say McDonald's french fries are the best yes. now you may not like the quarter pounder and you think the big mac is whack you can do all of that but baby listen when you go to McDonald's and order french fries you get a, the big french fry <laughs> promise you you're going to finish them particularly if they're hot right Tell, tell them I want a fresh batch don't be give me that stuff that's kind of laying around you scooping things out I, I'll, I'll wait for the fresh one and then make sure you put salt on You ever notice now they've been kind of fringing on the salt? so come on now put some salt on It's being be me A few days ago, you know, I like anybody like going to Brahms anybody like going to Brahms See, see, if I remember right, a, a, a single scoop is $1.59. Yeah. But if you go 30 cents more... <laughs> man, I'm talking to somebody right now. I'm talking to all the chubby people today. Was, you know. Uh, w- and we like to go at 9. Have you ever been to Brahms at 9 o'clock? <laughs> right, right. You know what, what? What people addicted to drugs—they, you know—we show up at nine to Brahms. All of us, everybody's chubby in the line. I said, "Baby, look, look at everybody in that line, right? There. Look at everybody. Everybody's chubby. <laughs> you no know skinny people at Brahms at nine. It's the big people show up, right? I always go thirty cents more because I want two scoops. Yes, sir. I may not eat it all, but I just want it." I, I, sometimes I get down and say, oh, that's enough, I throw, but, but, but I want I want as much as I can. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and it's such an anomaly to be in a church where people don't want more from God. They, they don't want the full meal deal. They don't want to take it all in. They don't want everything that's available. And I've come to you to provoke you to be thirsty. So, 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 Everybody do this with me. Oh, Open your Bible, St. John chapter 7. I want to read verse 37. Then, then I got to stop because look at the time. Oh, I got to do it in two minutes. Hurry up. John chapter 7, verse 37. Come on, fast, fast. Go faster, go faster, go faster. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. You're right on time. I got two minutes to show you this. Listen, I want to help somebody today. Now, now, now. Let me talk to somebody who may be going through a situation. Uh, and I'm telling you, this out of 27 years of public ministry, I've been senior pastor here. 27 years, I've been serving the Lord, long before that, serving in my church prior to that. I know I've got probably 35 years serving God, right? Let me tell you something about the Lord. You got sometimes got to be desperate. So, some things will happen in your life. Uh, because you petition God, you've asked Him to face something. But some things in your life, you have to be desperate. Uh, G- God says, you're going to find me when you seek me with, with your whole heart. So, so your devotion, your passion, your worship, your prayer has to be wholehearted. There's just some things, listen, sometimes you're not desperate enough to be delivered. I found that a lot of people say, Pastor, I want to get over... You know, brother, brother Newsome, they'll say, "Pastor, I need some help. This, I got this problem." But they're just not desperate enough. You know, they still love the thing they're doing just enough to keep them from being desperate. Sometimes the, the, the best calls you get when they're, when they're in jail. You've got to collect call. Lou Will we accept it. Boop one. Who am I talking to? Because I know you're gonna listen now. Listen, do you know that your Christian faith has to be thirsty? Uh, Christian faith is typified, real bona fide. truly lived, passionate Christian faith is lived because people are thirsty. Are you thirsty? I mean, that's a real question right there, right? Uh, Are you drinking enough from other wells where you're not really thirsty for God enough? Man, listen, when he becomes the only well in your life... Man, you can't drink enough of God. You're constantly wanting to take him in. You're just, you're just thirsty. You in John 7? I know I got to go fast because I, I made a promise that you was going to be out here at 12. And then you're going to leave talking about that preacher with lying at church. <laughs> Straight lied to me. Thank you guys for the music. So listen, this is what I'm going to have you do. I want you to stand because I want to be true to my word. 12 o'clock, boom. At least I could say you were standing up at 12. Now be mindful, I've got five closes, right? That's my second close. (laughs) All right, so check this out. I I, I want you, I want you, if you're in John 7, put your finger on verse 37. I want to show you something really neat about Jesus. So let me tell you what, let me tell you what John the Baptist said about Jesus. He said this, I indeed baptize thee into repentance, but there's one coming mightier than that he said was latchet of his shoe I'm unworthy to untie but when he comes he's going to baptize you listen in the Holy Ghost somebody say life and say and with fire somebody say overflow you get two things you get life and you get overflow now some of you are living in the life and I thank God that you live in the life you're a brother and sister the spirit of God Don't, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost the spirit of God lives in you but you ain't got overflow yet once you get that overflow, you're going to find that you don't need to be inspired to do the things of God. Now there's a motivation to do it. It's what you're going to love to do. I don't know if that appeals to anybody. Maybe, maybe you don't want to be all about Jesus. I don't want to be one of them fanatics. I don't want to be no holy roller. We used to say back in the day, one of them pew jumpers. But you know what I want the full meal deal? I'm going to tell you, years ago, I remember. Y'all remember share, share a little story? Years ago when I was 19 years old, I remember sitting in church just like you were. I was just, just sitting in church. That's so what I did. I just came to sit in church. listen to the message. I was in church Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesdays. I was there. But I didn't have overflow. I mean, the Spirit of God was in me. I just didn't have the reality of the enthusiasm I felt I should have forgotten. In fact, I was being overcome in sin a lot of addictions in my life and, and a preacher came and said do you want the overflow do you want to have the kind of power and inspiration in your faith to truly live out your walk in Christ do you want the best of what God has do you, do you want to be full of the spirit of God and I said I want that so he says tonight come back tonight if you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you want the spirit of God to fall on you come back tonight I remember I went out at eight and I was in that parking lot around 3.30 just waiting for the doors to open Finally, somebody showed up at 5.30. Was right there at the door, just ready to run in and sit down, get in the front of the church. I want to sit in the front pew. And I remember the preacher was preaching, and as soon as he said, if you want, I I ran. Had to finish the sentence. I put my hands up to heaven like this. I said, Father, I want the full meal deal. I want the fullness of the kingdom. I want the Holy Spirit to fall on me. Preacher came down, put his hands on my chest. And I remember this like it was yesterday right here this belly of mine right here look right here because sometimes we get too spiritual when we read the word right jesus out of your belly your belly your belly right here right here i felt something stirring in there just moving around all of a sudden it started to move its way up towards my throat and all of a sudden the spirit of god i just yielded myself said have your way holy spirit and I began to speak in a new tone. And I began to overflow. And I remember the power of the Spirit of God. I was in heaven, man. I was, I was in ecstasy. I was in paradise. I, I, I could see Jesus now like I've never seen him. I could, I could see his purpose. I could see the Father's heart. I was walking in the newness of life when I was so full of joy. I was so glad. And the Spirit of God came over me. And everything that gripped me broke away every chain that had its hand on me or was trying to hold me down was snapped under the glory of the almighty and i was free for the bible says for where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and i had it all i had to be was thirsty and i had to come he says there's one coming mightier than i who's going to baptize in the holy spirit and with fire and i learned that there's a difference between the holy ghost and the fire of the holy spirit and I'm telling you this as the truth. Now today may be the first time you're hearing this and I pray today I'm stoking the flame. I pray today that as the days go by the Spirit of God will nudge your heart and say you heard the truth. There's more for you and I want to pour that out. Maybe you're here today and you say well Pastor, I'm like you. I have addictions and problems and stripes in my life and I want to be free from those things and I want to have the inspiration of God to walk this Christian life out. I want this rest the first Sunday. <laughs> to be my last Sunday. How many know there's only two Sundays we celebrate? Resurrection Sunday and Pentecost Sunday. You can receive the Holy Spirit today just because you're thirsty.